and welcome to Worship Matters, a podcast from Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church located in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This podcast deals with the intricacies of planning worship with and for your faith community. I'm Diana Sanchez-Bouchong, Worship Executive and Director of Music Ministries. I'm Derek Weber, Director of Preaching Ministries. And I'm Lisa Hancock, Director of Worship Arts. During this time of transition from virtual to in-person and hybrid worship, the worship team has endeavored to provide conversations that inspire worship teams and leaders to seize this moment and realize the opportunities before the church, finding ways to help those worshiping with us to re-engage and shape the church we are becoming. Today, we're excited to welcome the Reverend Linda Furtado, who is a licensed local pastor in the United Methodist Church and is serving as Director of Spirituality and the Arts at Scarrett Bennett Center and pastor at Beach Grove United Methodist Church in the metro Nashville area of Middle Tennessee. Linda is a born and raised United Methodist minister, the daughter of retired elder Reverend S. Renee Franklin and retired teacher Victor L. Franklin, Sr., Throughout her life, she has been deeply involved as a layperson in the denomination from her youth in leadership and participation in conference-wide youth events, jurisdictional-level ministries such as with the Southeastern Jurisdiction Harambee events of Black Methodists for Church Renewal, and nationally through her involvement in many groups, including as a student participant in the United Methodist Student Movement, a fellow of the Bishop Melvin Talbert Leadership Institute, and as a general agency staffer for over nine years with the Upper Room at Discipleship Ministries. She has an undergraduate degree in music education from Middle Tennessee State University and a personal passion for artistic expressions of many kinds. Whether in her many years and roles of service as a United Methodist or in her own home as wife of United Methodist Elder Reverend Jefferson Furtado, and mother of three daughters, ages 16, 14, and 9, Linda thrives by being a creative force for spiritual formation and learning. Whatever her pursuits, she works to build holistic ways of being Christian with a wide scope of possibility and depth in both understanding and execution. She brings a mind that makes even the most challenging theological concepts, including those that she is gaining from her seminary studies at Asbury Theological Seminary, into tangible and practical resources for building up God's kingdom and kingdom on earth. Welcome, Linda. We are so glad that you're with us today. And we always like to start with just asking, how are you doing? What's going on in your life? Tell (laughs) us something about you and your journey. Well, I'm doing pretty good. I'm glad to be on with you all today. And my life is, I often say, an adventure. There's always (laughs) something going on. As you've heard in that bit of a bio about me having three kids and being a preacher's wife and being a preacher lady and all of that and a student, it gets pretty busy. Even as I recently began early in 2023 as Director of Spirituality and Arts at Scarrett Bennett. So I just can't be still, it seems. (laughs) But yeah, so thank you so much again for having me. And I look forward to this conversation, and I'm going to let you guys ask me a lot of questions because, hey, I can talk all day long, I feel like. (laughs) 
<laughs> so could we. That's why we invited you. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> well, you mentioned, Linda, that you started at Scarrett Bennett in early 2023. So tell us a little bit about the things that you oversee and that you're involved in at Scarrett Bennett. Absolutely. So I have decided to deep dive into how do I engage in this work. So I'll describe a couple of the things that we got going on and how it fits into the mission of Skerritt. So Skerritt, or Skerritt Bennett, some people are very particular about that. (laughs) (laughs) Skerritt Bennett is all about creating space where individuals and groups can engage each other to achieve a more just world. And I do that in my work through spirituality and arts, particularly the overarching umbrella program that is Soul Work Ministries. This is the way we titled that. So some of the stuff that I do involves our Vespers service, a Vespers and all that jazz worship liturgical experience that is based on the lectionary. We've got a book club, an art gallery that I oversee, Tuesdays in the chapel worship experience, various retreats, concerts, or otherwise that I may plan or host in partnership with others. We have a Poets' Corner event every month and small group or individual personal time apart things that I'll work on with people. Basically, I put it as three categories of stuff. That is one-to-one opportunities to engage with someone in some way that is formative, Uh, one-to-many and many-to-many. So Mm. whatever that could be, (laughs) so it goes. I'd like to ask you to speak a little bit more about the intersection between spirituality and the arts. I love what you're doing at Scared Bennett. I've seen that you sit and paint and make that an interactive event so that people can watch and be, and of course, with music and the arts. And so talk a little bit more about that and what led you to where you are today with developing this spirituality and the arts. So A lot of what I consider to be engagement in spirituality is to really consider what are those things that connect us in the deepest sense possible, that are a part of us, that are the roots that is in in our Christian practice and experience, the divine and the Holy Spirit that Mm -hmm. is the root of our passion and our purpose and our living. And how do we take that often intangible part of us And connect that in a tangible way. So the arts is more the means, what makes the spiritual accessible, an avenue not only for our expressions of spirituality and our connection with God, but also how we might experience it in observation, in engagement with, and otherwise connecting with others throughout the world. So If we're engaged in arts in practice, then we're engaging in a way that can build connection and community and relationship. And I feel like that when spirituality is tied with the arts, we're getting like the best of both worlds because it's got that broad scope of possibility. And yet moments and times of tangible, often uh, the tasks of life, the things that we do to engage in practices, much like we do with prayer, Mm. or just some of us, it's our drive to work in the morning. (laughs) Those moments in time where we're engaged in something even day-to-day or normative, yet we find a creative way to engage in it, and thus it invites us to tap into the spiritual possibilities of it. 
Is there a specific program you're working with now? I, I know you kind of gave us a general overview of what you're doing at Scared Bennett, but is there something specific that you can, or maybe even dreaming about that you can talk about here? Yeah. So <laughs> I am currently, I haven't even told my marketing people yet. Oh, we get to know first. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> they might've heard a thing here or there, but uh, I'm currently working on, I've just, Basically, I think finished building my team. I'm going to schedule a meeting next week with a group of people that I'm going to invite to help me lead in producing a retreat experience that is basically bringing all these creative worlds together, mm-hmm. focusing on musical theater as inspiration around it mm-hmm. and the Negro spiritual. So I'm calling it spiritual, a musical theater retreat, but it's an opportunity for anyone in any facet of creative experience to come together and create, write, and allow ourselves to sit in a lot of the the social disparities. I more or less describe it as from, because it's going to lean on the Lenten season as our theme, going to tap into the, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus all the way through to the Hush Harbor, and slave life and experience to the current disparities of the now and modern experience and how do we tell our stories. So it may not quite be the same as a Negro spiritual, but it is what fits us now. So Mm. it's kind of a step away from, or allowing ourselves to step away from what we know in church and to tap into where we are in ourselves. If you think of it like, the music of church as we know it now, often it's categorized traditional, Mm. contemporary, (laughs) and those types of things. But if you write a song for the the purpose of sharing that experience in life and practice, it might be more akin to a Negro spiritual, which you may not be popping into your CD player if I'm old, (laughs) or (laughs) your car, (laughs) or your iPod, or whatever, you know, your phone. Um, but yet it resonates so deeply and it shares a story in such a meaningful way that it invites a different kind of knowing and relationship with others as we engage in each other's stories. And I think musical theater is a great way mm. to do that. It's performative in nature, mm-hmm. but it's a totally different environment than a traditional worship setting. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's amazing. That I love that. And my my brain is going in so many directions. One of the things I want to say is that knowing that Scarrett Bennett is a place where Martin Luther King Jr. spoke and to think that the walls have that mm. within them, that now you're this many Ooh, years later. <laughs> um, it's just like now you're doing this and it's yes, this is the right space. I heard Henry Nowen speak there, and I just think Again, just the the walls of that place are so infused with Reformation, with so many wonderful things. So I'm so excited for this program. Well, I'm excited. And and this this type of conversation, by the by, we need to talk after this, um, (laughs) invites me to explore even more. And the beautiful thing about Scarrett Bennett is the ability to have space and opportunity and create opportunity to just get creative and Mm. try and test out things that a lot of churches Mm -hmm. can't do, but we can make that accessible to churches. So Mm -hmm. I want to get back to that 
churches and Scarrett and what one can do and the other can do in a minute. But first, I want to ask, as you were describing the event, uh, a question came to my mind is, is art a way of me discovering my spirituality or is it a way of me letting the world know that I am a spiritual being or have that? Or And I know you're going to say both, but, but <laughs> where, where does it start uh, for you? You know, as you call these people for this retreat, for example, are you asking them to discover something new in themselves or to express something they're aware of already? I think it's more of a discovery by being with others and hearing their stories and maybe stories that are unfamiliar to them and being able to share one's own. There's a bit of vulnerability that happens in that kind of space and to have tools because there'll be some training and coaching happening throughout the event from people that work in theater and giving you some tools for expression or writing and to create that courageous space Mm. (laughs) where folks can try Mm -hmm. and express a thought and there's no telling where it'll land. It it is very much like a planned, we'll see what happens kind of of experience. Which are the best ones? Oh, yeah. Leave room for the Holy Spirit to work. That's right. Very much. But you also also mentioned that you may find resonances that surprise you. You know, when when I first fell in love with Negro spirituals, it blew me away as an older white man, you know, and yet I find a resonance in there. You know, I connect with that not because of my personal experience, but because of my heart and my faith that, mm-hmm. that takes me to those places. And f- so finding those connections and, and musical theater invites us into all kinds of connections as well. So I, I'm excited about hearing about this retreat coming up too. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that's interesting as the more I've been planning and thinking through this with this team is how the the musical theater experience has a whole lot of facets that are not seen. Mm. And when you think of staging or props and scenery, and we may not do a world of that depending on our capacity. Maybe we'll plan for next year, make it even bigger. <laughs> <laughs> but even so, part of that time together is exploring all of the elements of what it takes to put on a production, even if mm. we don't do a huge one. And to invite people to recognize how the practices of producing all of these different elements can be engaged as spiritual practices. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's something that translates directly to the local church, right? Because every time we, quote unquote, put on the Christmas events or the Easter events, it takes a lot of that same preparation, that vaccine preparation kind of stuff. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of that gets forgotten. And seen as not as important. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, but you're saying it can be a spiritual practice. Yes. If approached in the right way. Which is what we've been saying a lot when we talk to <laughs> worship teams. You know, mm-hmm. we say mm-hmm. even the preparation is worshipful. Even the right. even the talking about what you're gonna do next is is a spiritual exercise to open you up to the possibility. And in fact, it is worship too. So I, I, I guess that's where I'd like to push you a little bit, Linda. Go when for you talk it. about events and stuff, how does that connect with worship? You oversee worship and you oversee events, art shows and all of that. Where does the line blur for you so that, so that some of them become artistic expressions? And, you know, 
I'm involved in Vespers and all that jazz regularly. My wife and I are some of the readers, and we love doing that. And and that's a worship experience that's very artistic. So how you know where do you see that integration happening? There are aspects of worship that I think have a default understanding and connection with worship and practice, spirituality and experience. But there are other parts that don't. And I feel like whatever type of event it is, the reminders in engaging in it of how our life is a practice of worship mm-hmm. help to bridge that gap. So when I plan a worship experience and I'm thinking through that that opening, entering, beginning, gathering, praise moment, if you will, in time, and I think of the transition into word and scripture and, and gaining from the text. And I think of that response time and Thanksgiving and all, the, and all those different parts in the end and benedictory type of things. All of those matter and all of those can be experienced in innumerable number of ways. And a concert can be a worship experience. Mm-hmm. A gallery showing can be. And a lot of the work that I'm doing now is trying to bridge some of those gaps and bring opportunity for different artistic sorts of experiences working together to, to fill that understanding in scope and experience. So rather than just doing a gallery showing, I'm beginning to work with our poets from Poets Corner, mm. gathering in the gallery, offering... Mm-hmm a writing instruction type of experience where people get to tap into a practice that maybe they don't do very much (laughs) (laughs) and to share in that the celebration in that time together of gathering to share in telling new stories or stories in different ways, maybe reinterpreting something that's already been produced in a painting in the midst of a mini writing workshop before a poetry reading. And then the responses that can happen even after the quote-unquote event has ended, but yet people get to gather and be in conversation around what just happened, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And express their thanksgiving for God at work through this poet. <laughs> um, and to have invitational opportunities after that to do their own sharing writing through our midweek meditations or through their own churches community. Maybe they want to offer their own poetry reading and art crawl or something. I don't know. But <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. the case, it's it's embracing a moment in time as a form of worship. And then how does that carry across mediums and beyond that moment in mm-hmm. time? Linda, I'm so struck by all that you're giving us. I mean, this is a little bit like a masterclass in <laughs> let's think with arts and worship and let's be open to all of the ways that the, these can kind of mesh together. And the word that keeps rising up for me is intentionality. There's this, in like, what makes a thing go from, at least what I'm hearing, is what makes a thing go from an art gallery showing, which can have, a, like, I can experience the spiritual in art, but the mm-hmm. thing that crafts it into an intentional experience of encountering the divine and going through the flow of worship is the intent that's put behind the planning and the intent that's put behind how a thing is structured. 
And I think about all of the congregations that we we know come to discipleship ministries, maybe looking at Scarrett and other places, and they're small and and they're struggling a little bit with resources and you know, they're just trying to get week to week to week through worship, right? And I'm living it. And yeah, <laughs> you're, exactly. You are living it like that. I mean, worship is beautiful, and also it's relentless, right? Like the planning and the execution, and then comes every week. It comes every week, and you're and reflecting. We're, we're talking and, about people, people, people. Like I've got, I have my small church I'm pastoring, and everybody brings themselves and all that right. comes with that. That's right. So given your experience, I mean, you've got the resources of Scarrett. You've got this very specific call and vocation that you get to live out there where they're going, like, delve into the arts, right? Like, dive in. And then you are also in one of those small congregation churches that are the 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 core of who the United Methodist Church is in so many ways in our country. What do you do? to bridge into the local church? Like what are just like nuggets that people are going, I don't have the resources of Scarrett, but man, I've got my community. Like what what would you say are the first things they could ask or do that could kind of help them start thinking about how to get the arts into worship in their context? One of the things that I'm working at is what it looks like to better understand people's gifts. And many of us are familiar with mind, body, spirit, like mm-hmm. holistic mm-hmm. well-being and all that. And I like to try to tap into that body side of it first. What is something that is quickly accessible and tangible that meets someone where they are in their gifts and graces and invites them to engage in that? And that quick success type of feeling, if you will. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard sometimes to get super creative with people that are not creative types. If you, I think everybody is on some level, but mm-hmm. that's just, you got to work with people where they are first. Um, <laughs> so, some are resistant yeah. to the yeah. idea. <laughs> Give them permission. Right. right. Yes. Right. Yes. And a lot of it's brainstorming with instead of for, which is really hard for me because I'm a big brainstormer. But the brainstorming with allows people to share their stories and to share their passions and to share and help figure out what is something that is very readily tangible, which it can be quite vast once you get people going. So anything from your carpenter types and the art of language, storytelling Mm -hmm. type of experience where your your grandmamas of the church (laughs) to hang out with kids doing storytelling and everybody else is running around getting hot chocolate and, you know, doing whatever. But they get the chance to express and share and engage with a younger demographic in their church context. Mm-hmm. But in any case, finding those ways that are tangible and accessible and creating moments of joy mm-hmm. and success and just short-term gains mm. are actually an investment in long-term possibilities uh. because you can build on that. You can build on hope that you can name after you have a, a Saturday morning hangout, picnic, whatever you want to call it, where 
somebody told a story or somebody did a arts and crafts making greeting cards or anything that's very tangible and use that story in Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. there's a preacher in you. I got gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that comes to my mind, and I want to share real quickly, is I've been in a couple of churches where we've done a communal art piece together. First was a, a fabric art where we all brought pieces of fabric, and the artist in the church at Belmont, where Linda, where you know you were at one point too, put all those pieces as a mosaic into a beautiful cross and made a banner. So then years later, people can go up to it and point to that little piece of fabric that they donated for that cross. And we did something similar in my church in Austin. We also created a mosaic cross with pieces of tile, broken pieces. And those are just something that lasts and that people can say, I, I was a part of that and can point to it years later. And it's very family friendly. I mean, you don't you just bring something that was yours, you know. So I love those sorts of things. That personal touch is mm-hmm. it's gold. It's mm-hmm. even just I I've I've done it in a larger big Zoom meeting conference style setting and done it in my church where mm-hmm. I gleaned from favorite hymns mm-hmm. from participants and we only did a verse or two, which left people itching for more. But to fold in various musical experiences into one environment is often an inviting way to connect people. And to also tie with that, which was one of my favorite parts of doing it for the larger event, with the event registration, they shared a favorite hymn, I invited them to try and stretch their minds, a hymn of praise, petition, confession, or thanksgiving, or all four, Mm -hmm. and why those hymns were important to them. And so in choosing the songs, not only the familiar, but a diverse collection, and walking through those parts of worship, starting with some praise type of songs, starting with some petition type of songs, Mm -hmm. confession type, and just journeying through together through song Mm. and already knowing before you even start, somebody is going to hear something that's familiar to them. Mm -hmm. And that was a beautiful environment and experience to be in, but it was also a teachable moment for me because I got to tap into some of the stories of the hymns, not only of the people that were present, for the people that wrote them and to share some history and dates as well. And mm. when you start to bridge how the story of the church and of the Bible, even because hymns are the greatest, hymnals are the greatest thing. Amen. <laughs> right? That's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> <laughs> like a Bible is awesome. But if you want people to remember these stories. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so to connect these stories and the and the biblical background and the historical background and the personal experience, mm-hmm. and it just gives people a rootedness mm-hmm. in their church life experience that, again, you can build on. Mm-hmm. But it's very tangible. So that's, that's where I like to try to start with people. <laughs> well, and what gets me, Linda, is that that's musical theater right there. It Cause, is. Because mm-hmm. worship is, if you will, a theater for our worship for God. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's beautiful. Yeah. I really also just want to pull out 
both the way that you have talked to us today, but also you specifically said, find the moments of joy. Like joy matters. Joy is something we can build on. And gosh, like I just find myself lately being like, what are the things that we're not doing or that we don't do as much in worship because they don't mm. they don't feel productive, right? Like we we can't we can't be like, yes, we got this scripture in and we got these hymns sung and all these things, but like that that intangible but very embodied experience of joy it really just defies all of the things the world tells us about. We've got to be productive, which is how I feel about art too, right? Like art does not meet, like I can't just put all the pieces together and tell you today I'm going to be able to produce three songs and two pieces of art. Like that's not the way art works. And so I love that you're kind of bringing us this, this, hey, find the thing that's, that's joy. And even if that's not, even if that thing doesn't feel like it's making a difference, if it's bringing joy to the community, it's doing something that you can work with. And do the art not because you're going to necessarily make a thing that's brilliant and that's worth something outside of your community. It's actually worth a lot if it's only worth something because of the community that came together to do it or to engage with it. And I don't know if that makes sense, but... I think it does. And... I think I want to add to that the nature of of joy as I think about it is not just the momentary happiness. Mm-hmm. I think of some of the response I got from the the local church hymn sing version that I did. Right. Was tears and it came from memory. Mm-hmm. From remembering past relationships and connections. From a deep love and it may had some sadness attached to it, but yet it was so deeply meaningful to a couple of, of parishioners that it was well worth the experience. And it grew a loving connection and relationship as a pastor with them as well for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's funny when you were leaning on joy and I'm thinking about this spiritual retreat thing. And the current one in planning is to experience Lenten experience, mm-hmm. which is a whole lot of lament. <laughs> and But yet to find those deep connections with biblical story mm-hmm. and to find the personal relationship connections in that and to journey through it with others, there is a deeper sense of of. Per, pervasive love infested mm-hmm. joy that happens even in that environment. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we've we heard you talk about and invite people to pay attention to the events that are planned, but I know that Scare Bennett also likes to provide space for individual retreats, whether it be one-on-one or whether it be small groups or something like that. So if a church says, we want to spend some time talking about some of these things. Are you available to have a conversation with them on, on a one-off kind of retreat sort of thing? And how would someone go about organizing something like that? This is your marketing hat for Scarrett Bennett <laughs> inviting you to put on. All right. So having a retreat at Scarrett Bennett Center is an option. Having your own where you are is great. And I'm glad to 
talk people through what it looks like to host your own type of retreat experience. I do encourage coming to Skerritt because, hey, that's where I am. But <laughs> <laughs> and my hope is that anything we do at Skerritt Bennett is an inspiration to churches and mm. a resourcing opportunity as well so that you might glean, gain, take back with you anything you experience. To, to book such a time at Skerritt Bennett, right now, an email is a beautiful thing. Even if I do need to go through our regular channels of booking space on campus, By working with me, it's more of a partnership, and I can often find space Mm -hmm. where there's not readily space if you book through our regular channels. But also, I can help you to plan an experience that makes sense for your context. So Mm. I am more likely to have conversation with you about what you need as a church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And maybe you don't know that, but that's what a conversation is good for. And... I will invest more so in inviting creativity (laughs) and inviting folks to tap in and be willing to experiment because by doing it at Scared Bennett, it's a great place to experiment. And so if you've never done a painting or arts and crafts type of retreat thing, but you want to do it at Skerritt, hey, this is your opportunity Mm -hmm. to try something different, try something new, and not have to have a full budget to make it happen Mm -hmm. because you're working with (laughs) my department. And hopefully, if something stands out as meaningful, it's not only doable in your context, because we will have made some of those decisions before coming, but it's also inspiring to do something even beyond mm-hmm. whatever we might do on our campus. What an opportunity. And I I just, I really just want to lift up and kind of highlight what you said. Like you are so gifted at and so willing to help people contextualize. Like if they come to you and they work with you, it's not here's Linda's ideas and you need to go figure them out in your own context, but you're like that conversation piece. What a gift uh, to be able to give in addition to such a, I mean, retreat can be so helpful and retreat away from, right? The retreat into Mm -hmm. a new space can be such a gift. So Linda, I am so thankful for the conversation that we've had today. I think we all are. And Gosh, I think as you keep developing uh, programs at Scarrett Bennett, we're just going to have to have you back to hear mm-hmm. about what it is and to keep people right. engaged in what's happening. So we'll see I'm, how this this spiritual retreat exactly. goes. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So if if people want to find out more about you, you said that they can email you, they can go to the Scarrett Bennett w- website. I'm sure to keep track of what's happening. What is the easiest way, like the place that people? The, the actual web address, we should say, that people should go to if they want to keep track of what Linda Furtado and Scarrett Bennett are doing. So scarrettbennett.org is the main website, scarrettbennett.org. There is a soul work page that okay. I'll be updating soon. <laughs> the main thing that I encourage people to connect with is our calendar because that's where the meat and potatoes of what's happening is going to be. Okay. And whether there's a sign up associated with an event or anything else, I'll make sure it's on the calendar. Okay. So if it's a link to a landing page or a link to a register pay here type of page, mm-hmm. the calendar 
the events calendar is a beautiful tool for connecting with the happenings on at Scarrett Bennett Center. Wonderful. And we'll make sure we also include those links in our show notes so that if people are not sure how many T's are in Scarrett Bennett or how right, many yeah. R's or N's, <laughs> they, can, they can find it there and just go straight there and keep track of what's happening on the calendar. Well, again, Linda, thank you so much. And thank you, our listeners, for joining us today. We hope this has been helpful to you. Remember, you can find more information at our website at umcdiscipleship.org. Until next time, we will be praying for and with you and your congregation. May God continue to bless your worship ministry as you continue to make disciples for the transformation of the world. This podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.